Hi and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Us, directed by Jordan Peele and released in 2019. The plot of Us goes something like this. A family enjoying their summer holiday are terrorised by their doppelgangers. And as we usually do, we will do a spoiler-free review of Us up front before we go into spoilers after a warning. So, Katie, should people see Us? Um, yeah, I think so. It, I know pe- some people are scared of horror movies, but it didn't seem like you had too many problems with it. It wasn't too scary. No. Actually, I found this scarier than you did, I think. But um, I, I just tend to find like this style of movie scarier, like with the creepy movements and scary performances and things. I tend to find that more creepy than um, like jump scares or gore or anything like that. Mm. Um, and I really enjoyed it. It's a really, really well-made movie. It's a great experience. I I don't love the twist only because, like, I figured it out before I saw the movie. Mm. But, uh, and I don't think And you're that, not alone in figuring it out before you saw the movie no. either. I, I think that, like, it would have been nice to have that be pulled back a little bit mm. um, and have them not lean on that so heavily through the movie. Like, it doesn't even seem like it's a secret. So to reveal it at the end is sort of like, oh, okay. But, and uh, there's some, like plot holes but when you're watching it it's a really fun experience and it's got some really really good performances in it and great use of like sound and music and all this stuff jordan peele has a really really good ability to create these amazing horror faces or horror expressions Mm. um i mean the sort of classic one from get out is the close-up on um daniel kaluuya's like wide-eyed one-tier face Mm. um and this one has quite a few that i think uh, are a bit like that that kind of rival that in terms Mm. of like good horror faces yeah particularly lupin and yongo's face Um, and also the little girl who plays the young version of her Mm. like that the open mouth screamed thing she does that's in the trailer um, is really really good but like yeah those like horror faces and horror tableaus and things Mm. are really good yeah no um i agree yeah and i was surprised at how non-scary i found it i mean I think Jordan Peele's not really a jump scare kind of guy and those are the things that scare me. So, um, yeah, that was kind of – that was a nice surprise for me. It is extremely well made. Like this is one of the best-looking horror films I've seen in a while. I'm just going to pause and remove my cat from the desk. (laughs) I I do think that there are more jump scares in this than like Get Out. (laughs) Yeah, there there are more jump scares in here than in Get Out. This is a much more, I guess, traditional horror film but – it was, I don't know, I sort of always knew what was going on. Like you, I tried not to be to spoil myself really at all before I saw the movie, but I also picked the twist like about three minutes in. Yeah. Um, well, I tried not to spoil myself as well. I was just looking at like some interviews of Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke and it's just the stuff that they said mm. that I knew about. Like I just yeah. wanted to look at interviews well, yeah, of so people to, I and, like. and today, yeah, I read some interviews and I was like, oh, wow. But I also think that's not the most interesting part of the movie i think like there's a lot of really interesting themes it's a movie that really kind of loves horror Mm. and knows the genre that it's working in so there's a lot of loving homage to old horror but it's incredibly well made itself like the cinematography is just outstanding yeah i think the um i i feel like his horror vocabulary has grown Mm. since get out yeah, I think the story is a little tighter on Get Out, but I think his like his you know mm. horror filmmaking ability has grown since Get Out. So oh, yeah. I really saw that in this. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, um, and and I just there's so many interesting themes in here. Like you could write essays 
on all the stuff around the way it looks at class and the way um, it looks at America and sort of some of the stuff that he is interested in, some of the stuff that people have picked out later on, some all the little Easter eggs that you can find. It's a kind of film that you can go back to and it really would benefit, I think, from like multiple viewings. You'd still get lots out of it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so now we should probably go into spoilers yes, for the movie. Yes, let's do that. Yes, yeah, so watch it, obviously, if you haven't already. This has done such good business. Um, yeah, so if you haven't seen us and you don't want to be spoiled, uh, pause the podcast now and come back when you have. Yeah, um, so I think like right from basically the opening scene, is the very opening scene is Adelaide and her parents at the um, Lost Boys. Yeah, yes, the, the part Santa place. Cruz boardwalk that's it Santa Cruz boardwalk which was um like I was watching the whole movie going it's the lost boys place see I didn't realize that until afterwards when I looked up where the heck is Santa Cruz (laughs) yeah they it's called Santa Carla in in lost boys but I've seen Mm. that movie yeah and the well and the reference is they're supposed to be filming a movie at um there um they they warn her not to wander like when her parents say something about oh they're filming a movie over near the carousel oh okay and it's set in 986 and I assume it it lines up that they would be filming the sure Lost Boys at that time. That's cool. Yes. I didn't know that. Oh, the the references go on and on. But yeah, so she and she wanders off. She wanders into this um, hall of mirrors place, and uh, in that hall of mirrors, like comes across her other self, mm-hmm. and then we don't see what happens. Cut. At which point, I went. But how do we know which little girl came out and <laughs> yeah. figured it out? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, um, I, yeah. And, like, the stuff that I saw beforehand was literally just, um, like, that she had seen her double when she was young. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they swapped places. Mm. Before I watched the movie, I was like, oh, they swapped places. And then seeing it, just everything just confirmed that for me. She comes back and she can't – she um is – mute she can't speak Mm -hmm. and they say it's because of like the trauma from it but Mm -hmm. it was clearly because she doesn't know how to yeah that's another question i have though that they can't speak anyway yeah i mean there's a lot of things about how the the tethered work that kind of don't make once you start questioning them they don't make sense or they're not I mean, the movie doesn't have to give you all the explanations, but they're really not sufficiently explained for me to understand what's happening. Yes. Yeah. Because it seems like all they can do is mirror the people above Mm. and not very effectively. And yet they have all these clothes and scissors and And all pregnancies. Yeah. There's there's all these things that you're just like, but if all they can do is mirror the people above them, then how do they manage to do anything? Yeah. It's very confusing. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. But in, in the beginning, yeah, we get the scene with her going through the Hall of Mirrors, which in itself is kind of interesting. The building is like a – it's called Vision Quest and has like Native American imagery all over it. So it's like its own sort of cultural appropriation thing going on there. Um, yes. Did so, you notice they renamed it to Merlin Quest in the uh, present day? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so that, then we sort of cut to the start, which is quite a long shot of – lab rabbits basically we start very close up on one rabbit in a cage and then we zoom back out to see um rows of 11 rabbits in cages i just said poor rabbits yeah that's what i wrote no i i did too. i i also wrote poor rabbit and then just you know they're, they're this designed to look like science experiments but the scene it does take quite a while like those credits sort of take their time mm-hmm. revealing to you the okay so mm. i actually realized uh, looking at my notes there's much more to the opening scene i knew it wasn't the very opening when we see that the very mm. opening is the ad on tv 
for the Hands Across America oh, thing, yes, which actually with the chud thing. Yeah. So it, the very start is a news report that says what would happen to the Bay if scientists are right, mm. which is clearly a reference to global warming. Yep. And then um, there's this ad for this like Hands Across America charity thing, which mm. really happened. Yeah. I don't know if the ad is real because there's this weird thing about what has thousands of hands and thousands of teeth. And you're like, that's so creepy. But yeah, they were going to hold hands across America mm-hmm. um, for something. I don't remember what the yeah, charity is I, I looked it up. It was some like homelessness or poverty or some kind of charity anyway. Mm-hmm. But apparently it was really dodgy and like spent more money putting the thing, the stunt on than it actually raised for charity in the end. Yeah. I feel like the ad's not real. Yeah. Partly because of the creepy hands and teeth thing and partly because it actually says they're going to tether themselves together. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was the very first thing that we mm. opened up with. So, clearly the movie is setting up, like, themes about, like, global warming and um, the, you know, ad is setting up for the end of the film. Yep. And yeah, and then as our friend who we were there with pointed out, there's also a reference to a couple of classic horror films down yep. the side of the television in, on VHS tape. Um, yeah, so that there is there's that little bit that sort of sets up the start of that. Mm. And then we also get our first glimpse of the Jeremiah eleven eleven guy. Mm. Yes, that guy who I've realised since seeing the movie has broken a couple of my theories about the movie. Ah, uh, yeah, because I had all these theories, and then about like how they managed to get out and all this stuff, and then I realised that he is actually out before everybody else is, and yeah, he's, he's already started one. to make the line. Mm-hmm. That's what the yep, son that's sees. What he, yep. And I'm like, but that means that they didn't all come out at the same time, which means, like, my theories about how they got up to the surface world are uh, ruined and also, like, I don't understand how it happens. <laughs> and, yeah, and it could have been that, you know, maybe they, there was some kind of he was the first the experiment or the first one or yeah something like that. I, I don't know. Did you look up the passage, Jeremiah 1111? Uh, I, I saw it in a couple of yeah, things. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's about evil rising up and God won't be here to help you. Um, yeah, because you don't deserve it. Yeah. Anyway, um, and then the actual sort of after the the credits, the movie starts a very similar way to Get Out with a road trip through like some pretty green winding road, which um like Get Out, but also a bit like the start of The Shining. Yeah, those are more like woodsy. I think this is more like well, it is technically woodsy, but it's not in the same like it's not in the same sort of area. I don't think. Mm. Um, but uh. I have so many notes early about like hot dads. Yeah, well, because uh, yeah, then my next my next note is Dad Winston Duke. Yeah, I wrote Dad Fab, and I don't know whether that's a line in the movie or oh no, it's supposed to be Dad Dab. That's what it's supposed yeah. to be because he dabs at the beginning of the movie. That's right, um, he does embarrassing um, his children. And he Winston Duke is dad. I think the reason I wrote it down, he's so great. Like he's he could not be more different from the Winston Duke we saw in Black Panther, who was all like tall and intimidating. This Winston Duke is not like he's tall and we can see that he's tall and he's big and all that kind of stuff but he is in no way intimidating and the dad stuff is just that the embarrassing dad stuff is done so well he's got my birthday winston duke yeah very nice um scorpios i I just was looking up how old he is um he's 32 all right so So. he and he and lupita went to acting school together at yale but she is she's a bit older she's about our age yeah which we can come back to you later, but her and Elizabeth Moss are our age and they're both like mothers to teenage children. But anyway. Yeah, but it's sort of implied that that. L- Elizabeth Moss, not by choice, by the, is the implication. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, L- Lupita's still like, uh huh, this makes sense. I think it 
does in the context of what we know about the character, though, because she came up to the surface world and is very keen to live like a normal kind of life i think like she's very determined to make the most of the life that she has on the surface world that she thinks Mm. the surface world people were you know were taking for granted right true so it makes sense to me that she would like try and tick off all the boxes of what she thinks like a normal life would be sure sure. so but still hollywood really doesn't understand normal life milestones 35 year old women are always mothers of 16 year olds in hollywood it's ridiculous it, I, I don't think the daughter is 16. 15, I think 16. she's younger. Old she's, enough to be almost learning to drive. Yeah. Well, I don't, they, they, she wants to drive, but they won't let her. I think she's younger. Yeah. But also, um, yeah, I, I think in the context of this movie, like that kind of makes sense that she would want that, right? Like it kind of makes sense that this person who like had – you know, such a limited understanding of life up until she was, what, like seven or eight years old and then comes up to the surface world and sees all the things that you're supposed to do mm. would do those Ticks things. Ticks it off in a certain order. Um, yeah. Winston Duke is too young. Yeah. He's yes. just too – To be like the he'd father be 16. of that kid. Yeah. Well, you know, 17 when he had – when yeah. he had the oldest daughter, that he's just too young. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> totally. But <laughs> totally pulling off the dad thing all, all the same. Yeah, so they anyway, they head up to their – their holiday house and obviously listening to I Got Five on it from the tra- from the trailer, which in the car on the way there, establishing all of that stuff. And then they um, they get to the holiday house and which we have – has paintings of themselves all through it and things, which I find really weird. Well, yeah, so one of the reviews slash interviews I read suggested that it was like it had been inherited from – Lupita's character's grandmother so it's been in the family oh. for generations and generations so like things like that have built up over time I don't know I just yeah it did yeah that does tie in with some of the dialogue at the beginning yeah. I still think it's weird if you're only going to be in a house for like a couple months and it's not your like home yeah. that you would have that many pictures of your right. family up around and, it and it's one of the things that Jordan Peele talks about is how it's about class and stuff and having a holiday house that you use so rarely but still have pictures of yourself in establishes them as being pretty well off right yeah so it is it is a bit strange but anyway <laughs> they arrive there and the um and I think we have very quickly going to the boat scene which is one of those great sort of bits of comedy that repeats his horror later on yeah, where Winston Duke has bought a boat because that to him is clearly an important status symbol, even though the boat is a piece of crap and he barely works half the time. Or uh, it barely works pretty much, pretty much all, all the time and doesn't have all the requisite safety equipment. We discover later on it, it's such um, good horror storytelling there, where everything comes back later on. Oh yeah, I, I <laughs> there's so much foreshadowing dialogue at the beginning of the film. I was writing it down and then I just gave up and I'm like all of the early dialogue is foreshadowing like yep. the, I wrote the foreshadowing dialogue in this movie is extreme because I just stopped trying to write it all down because I was writing yeah. so many lines yeah you know I, I did too because it was like yep okay we're gonna see this later we're gonna see this later but the boat one I wrote down because I was like oh yes it's gonna be comedy repeated as horror yeah and we often talk about comedy and horror have a lot in common particularly around the timing it's no accident that Jordan Peele has come out of comedy has comedy background and really enjoys doing horror because there's a lot of that stuff going on I also noted down the spider Um, oh yeah yeah the spider that she sees there's a um 
there's some talk about Red, who is what is which is the name of Adelaide's double mm. names are another thing I want to come back to later. But um that Red is like a spider queen. Mm. Um, and she's got like all of her webs out. Um, mm-hmm. and so I think that spider was a reference to that. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. It but, also comes out of a bigger spider. So it has its own shadow. But technically, technically, doesn't that mean that the f- character we're following is Red and the other character is Adelaide? Yeah. Technically, we are following Red, but she's been living as Adelaide since she was like, I don't know, five or whatever when she was little and, and disappeared. Yeah. So, but. Like, so when I'm referring to the characters, I don't know whether to ca- refer to the above ground Lupita as mm. red or the below ground Lupita as red because, like, technically it should be the above ground one Technically, that's red, yeah. Right? But every, everything I've read has done it the other way around. Adelaide being the one who is now living on the surface, originally tethered, and red being the one who is below ground, leading the rebellion and unte- originally untethered. So I don't know. This is okay. I don't think that there's an untethered. It doesn't seem to me. It seems to me that like most kind of reviews and things are talking about how, how the ones below the tethered don't have souls. Mm. But it seems to me more that there was just one soul to split between. That's the what both the movie says. Yeah. So the, the no, the movie says they shared one soul. Yeah. Right. They cloned them, but they couldn't recreate the yeah, soul. So they, they were, shared a soul. Right. So to me, that seems to suggest that. The ones below don't lack souls. They just have the same one. Yes. Right? What is baffling to me is how the tethering works and how the copying works mm-hmm. and, and and who copies who. Because Red and Adelaide switch places. Mm-hmm. Red's now on the surface world. Red learns to, re- learns to dance mm-hmm. and does the ballet. Then Adelaide in the – Copies her down below doing that. Right. But that means that she's copying the actions of Red, Mm -hmm. who originally was the one copying the actions of Adelaide. Mm -hmm. So I had this whole thing about how, like, it's about where you are that is just dictating the tethering Mm -hmm. rather than who the clone is. So Red is whichever version of this character that lives underground. Yeah. Yeah, which is how most reviewers and people writing about it are are talking about it. Okay. But Mm. then – so then when Jason's – tethered comes up above ground and his name is pluto jason can still make pluto do the things that he wants him to do yeah right now there's a bit up when they're above ground where gabe which is which nobody else has that power either only pluto i don't know sorry only jason and pluto right which is little boy i don't i think that if the others wanted to do it they might be able to because at the beginning there's a bit where gabe fixes his glasses Mm -hmm. and then abraham fixes non-existent glasses and mm. Abraham takes the glasses off his face and puts them on his own face Yes, to see what it's like, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I think the others I, – I don't know if maybe they could have just figured it out, like Jason figured out that he could do it. Yeah, and there's clearly something with Jason. So at the very end, after it's been revealed who Adelaide really is, she looks at Jason and they sort of have this look at one another and Jason – I mean, Jason's the first one to wander off, but also there's something weird about it because he talks about his magic trick from a year ago, which is basically a lighter that sits on his finger. So mm. about a year ago, he got into fire stuff and his below twin also got into fire stuff and caused himself terrible injuries because of it. And there is a fan theory <laughs> that what happened is that maybe a year ago, 
Jason actually ran into Pluto somewhere and they swapped at some point. And so the so it was Jason who ended up with his face burnt and tethered underground and Pluto who's been living with them for the last year. Yeah, I saw that theory too. There's a couple of reasons why I'm not sure about it. Mm. Firstly, surely they would notice if Jason suddenly stopped talking. Yes. <laughs> Unless Red's been ta- teaching them all how to talk, but that doesn't make any sense because none of the others can talk. Now, yeah. Now the thing is, yeah, there's, there's some big holes in that theory, but there is clearly something different about Jason and Pluto that the others haven't figured out yet. Yes. And it could just be that Jason is more empathetic or better at this, or because he is the child of a tethered and a free person, he navigates the world differently, but then Zora doesn't seem to. Yeah, that was my, well, that was my major theory, was that, like, her children are a bit off because mm. they're half clone and half human, mm-hmm. right? We don't seem to see that in Zora, but we kind of do see it in Jason and Umbre, which is Zora's twin, uh, tethered, and Pluto, Right. To me, mm. all of them are a bit more off than all of the regular tethers and everybody. Mm. Um, and I'm wondering if that's because they're half tethered and half not. Yeah, I think that's more likely. And maybe Zora just got good at yeah. hiding and, it or and, something because she's older. Yes, exactly. And Jason's just more um, – He could, yeah, because he's younger, he's more in tune with that stuff. Yeah, um, because that seems to me to be the most likely explanation yeah. for his differences rather than they swap places. I just don't see how they could have swapped places and this kid who can't speak coming up and the dad not noticing and mm. all that sort of stuff. You yeah, know, yeah, like that would have had – we saw the big effect it had when Adelaide was little. Mm-hmm. It would have had a much bigger effect. Yeah, and yeah, clearly that's there's something going on there. And then also it seems like Jason – I mean – it seems like Pluto was obsessed with fire younger than that. Yeah. Than the lighter thing with Jason. Yeah, Jason. It seems more got... like Jason was reflecting Pluto's interest in fire in fire than yeah. the other way around. So, so he's worked out how to just kind of how they share the soul thing is a bit more smooth between those two than it is between others. Mm. Um, there was a bit there where I was watching it where I did wonder about the whole um, that before that explained the whole shared soul thing where I did wonder if like the tethered was your shadow because I didn't know they were called the tethered at this point. I thought it was more like a shadow and it was like all of the shadow parts of yourself, the bits you normally keep hidden. Yeah. Um, which, you know, sort of – and so when the shadows of the Elizabeth Moss family appeared, I was like, so maybe the shadows are going to be good people because they were so kind of horrible. Mm. But it didn't work out that way. No, um, I think um, the – yeah, that that makes sense with what Red says. Mm. Um, I have also had a look at – there was – so um, Lupita Nyong'o, in order to get that voice, copied people with something called spasmodic something or other, yeah. and there were some people with disabilities who were upset with that because it seemed to be tying her into, like, you know, using disability for bad guys again. Yeah. I'm assuming it was just because she was choked when she was a child. Yeah. Because we see that what happens is the little girl um, drags her. Yeah. Well, Mm. she she chokes her out. Yeah. Right? Yep. And so, um, and when she wakes up, she's touching her throat. So I think the reason that she spoke that way is because she was actually. Yeah. That happened when she was a child and she hasn't spoken in 15, 20 years. Right. 30 years. Right. So I'm assuming that that was a bit of a combination of both of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did, I did see that actually. But I think that, um, you know, if you, like, did have some kind of significant damage done to your throat that you would speak differently. Oh, yeah, that is that is documented, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that just kind of it, – it, and also she's not the 
I mean, she is the bad guy, mm. but she's kind of not the evil one. So. No, no, she's not. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, going back to actually getting through the movie. Oh, in I mean, order. that's okay because there is. They do go to the beach then, um, and sort of action kicks off. Jason is wearing a Chewbacca mask and a Jaws T-shirt, mm. uh, which obviously you know going back to the water. And then there is this most beautiful shot of them walking across the beach with like really long shadows Mm. again foreshadowing literal (laughs) foreshadowing but it is kind of cool watching them all go to the beach and again if you have time you could probably write an essay about you know the beach is a black families going on holiday to the beach and and that that's it's traditionally white space and all that kind of stuff would all all be very very interesting where they meet up with elizabeth moss and her husband and twin daughters who like she and her husband clearly hate each other and also clearly have terrible drinking problems. They do, but I think, well, I think it's that kind of less that they really hate each other and more that kind of like antagonistic flirting mm, it, thing. It, it feels, uh, again, like a bit like the, uh, a bit like Get Out, kind of reflecting back weird white people behavior yeah. to the audience, which is, is was obviously one of the best bits of Get Out. And that's, it's very cool to watch. And also to see them as like, they're the sidekicks, they're the disposable ones. Yeah. Like they get murdered pretty quick. Yes. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say about that section? Oh, before, when they're on their way to the beach, there's also all this stuff. Um, Zora's talking about um, the fluoride in the water and how it's like how mm. they're controlling people through the fluoride and then another bit about nobody cares about the end of the world yeah which was all that's weird. how her weirdness is coming out well i don't think it's that i think it's just the, that's more of that foreshadowing stuff mm. like nobody is paying attention to the, the world the fact that the world is dying which is something that i've been thinking about a lot lately mm. um yeah but also that kind of um the fluoride in the water is clearly foreshadowing the experiments yep. and that they were trying to control them using the puppet yeah. people yeah that's right and nobody is paying attention to the fact that like they yeah, yeah they go on living their lives while meanwhile beneath the surface all this stuff is going on yeah and then there's that bit where lupita tells jason stick with me i'll keep you safe mm-hmm. um i also i have a note that like when they go back to the bedroom and like winston duke thinks he's getting some he gets on the bed and i'm like big man takes up the whole bed yeah like that is a like at least double bed and yeah. he is just taking up he the just whole bed takes, he just puts himself in the middle of it i know i'm like poor lupita <laughs> like if this is their own holiday house and they come here every year like maybe Get a slightly bigger bed for your six foot six husband. <laughs> I know. It just really made me laugh. He's I know, so was, huge. He's enormous. Yeah. And it's one of the few times we actually really see his size. Like it isn't really made a thing in this, not mm. in the way that it was in, in Black Panther, for example. Like you can see it, but it's not actually part of anything. In fact, he gets injured very, very early and is like physically not a lot of use for most of the movie. Like he's limping and he finds it a lot. He's, it's harder for him to do any actual fighting compared to the others. I also get the feeling he's not terribly good at actually fighting. That's also <laughs> entirely possible. Um, Adelaide seems much better at it than he is. Big man, long way to fall. Yeah. Um, so then we get, you know, the family arriving in the driveway all holding hands, mm-hmm. being super creepy for like a solid five minutes before they decide yeah. to attack. For no reason, just to build scares, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But uh, So they can all figure out that there is actually a family in the... In yeah. the driveway. And then there's all the jump scares and um, the climbing up the tree, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, yeah. But the way the kids take off, yeah. um, like the little boy scuttles sideways like a little spider. Very cool. um, but there's a moment there where you said, stay away from the windows. And I was like, the whole house is windows. <laughs> like, there's nowhere for them to go that's away from windows. But they windows. keep walking back as opposed to like into a safer place like the kitchen where the knives are. But anyway, 
But yeah, they're all very, very scared. She's like clearly very, very frightened because she's, I guess, having come from underground and survived on Earth this long, she's like, oh, shit, it's coming back to haunt me. Yeah. And that's that really is the basis of why she's so scared at that point. Yeah. She's not necessarily making good decisions. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, There's some other interesting stuff as well. Um, the tether yourself to the table. Yeah, yeah. Um, thing. Um, the, the, this is the bit where we get the whole um, Reds, I guess, whole speech. Yeah, who are you? We're Americans. And oh, then, yeah. That. The whole, you know, um, parody of the, the title and everything. Us, US, all that. That, I don't know. That that was a little too much for me. <laughs> that annoyed yeah, me a little bit. Yeah. The who are you? We're Americans. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, but um, her speech, is, I mean, her, her story is great. Oh, yeah. Like about the girl in her shadow and, and how yeah. she gets it. And, you know, it gives us some idea of what the life, what life was like for mm. the tethered with having to eat rabbit raw. Form her own cesarean. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which we, more stuff we have to get back to. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense anyway. But yeah, the, there's also stuff about how if people just eat rabbits, they die. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're eating raw rabbits. Yeah. Yes. And then we get to the action, I guess. Yeah, so things actually start going wrong and um, Zora runs because we've it's been established that Zora is does track and field. Um, so she runs away from her doppelganger and, and Jason goes and hides in the cupboard with Pluto, which we've seen him do earlier, playing in the cupboard with Pluto. And then um, – well, We haven't <laughs> seen him earlier playing with Pluto. No, we've seen, him. we've seen him in the cupboard and, and using the ambulance to prop the door open. And then Winston Duke and Shadow Winston Duke end up in the boat <laughs> – and Lupita and Lupita have the big long conversation while she's tethered to the coffee table. Yeah. Um, that's, that, that's sort of how we get to see the animalistic noises. For me, there was a really scary bit in there. The, like the girls around the car bit oh, was yeah. really creepy to me. Very well done. Yeah, that was really scary. The, the girl who plays Zora, whose name I've forgotten, um, I remember it's Evan Alex. Shahadi Wright-Joseph, is her Yeah, name? that's it. I knew it was like something like that but i think there's a an actress called yara shahidi or something yeah, like that and yeah. i think i've been mixing them up but yeah she does a really good job i don't think the boy is as good mm. um i think the creepy stuff that he does is probably done by a gymnast wearing the mask or something like that yes um and a lot of the time it just doesn't seem like he's reacting to the same things happening that everybody else yeah. around him is yeah. um but um she's really good and her like um, Umbre, her double is super creepy. Oh my god, yeah, like very scary. The stuff that she does is really cool. Mm. But yeah, that the scene that um the car bit where they build that tension by um they're standing either side of the car and then Umbre disappears and Zora very slowly crouches down, expecting and you expect to see something under the car, but what actually happens is that Umbre jumps on the car. Mm. Um, it's that was extremely well done in terms of suspense. Yeah, exactly. That was really cool. But also at the same time, you're sort of watching um, Zora try to figure out where the double is and go under the car. And I'm like, just run, just go. Or get in the car and drive. Like yeah. I was waiting for that. To, but of course, they, they held that off for later. Yeah. Um, that section is is fine, I think. You know, yeah. the, all the animalistic noises and all that stuff. We get to yeah. kind of know them a little bit. But the next section for me is the best part. Where they get to the Elizabeth Moss, Moss house. Yeah. From- is so good. Yeah. So from like, the, I mean, they get stabbed so quick too. You know something's up because they get killed so fast. Well, the two, yeah, well, the two of them, like they play good vibrations and they're all murdered long before the song is ended. Or except Elizabeth Moss who's still kind of half dying and she's 
And she says, hey, Ophelia, <laughs> call the police. And, and Ophelia plays, fuck the police. But yes. NWA instead. And thus two iconic soundtrack moments are born. Yes. That, that, the whole bit was really, really great. The use of music was oh, really man. great. And when the, the twins doppelgangers came out and killed them, that got, that's probably this, for me, that was the bit that got me the most because just, they came from nowhere and they were just dead. Yeah. It was so cool. But yeah, that that stuff was like. But then you know the the next section when the um when our family whose name is that, what, Wilson Wilsons yeah get there and Adelaide goes up to the front door and gets pulled in by all the hands mm. and like that whole section oh, yeah. um, was so great. Winston Duke trying to trick the other dude and then the kids deciding to go back in the house for some reason. Because their mom was still in there. Yeah. I know, but like. Yeah. And then having to kill everybody as they went through the house. Yes. I, I did really enjoy because there's all this stuff about the twins like flipping around everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And then the twins flip their way out and um, Zora just whacks one in the face over them. That is one of the best deaths in the whole thing. That well, was she doesn't amazing. die then, though. No, she doesn't. We'll find out later. But not before we've had, like, and this is why the, these movies I find are not particularly scary and also really fun to watch. Not before we've had this great humor section where they sit down and watch the news on TV and discover this is happening everywhere mm. with the body sitting right in front of them all. Like, you can't, you don't see it at first. They pull back to reveal it. It is. Yeah hilarious they sit through the whole news section and then it pulls then back, pull to back reveal. and you see that they've got this there's this body sitting there yeah um all, like lying in the coffee table it was yeah. great but also i think elizabeth moss's double is really really great oh um, my god she is you know she's a really good actress so getting to yeah. watch her play both of the doubles is really fun too because they're so different mm. um and you can also see like she talks about having work done so that double is like you see scars up her face. from her on her face where she's had plastic surgery yeah yeah and then she's so excited to get into her bedroom and put on lip gloss <laughs> and she poses in front of the mirror with lip gloss yeah that's another i think good horror faces moment mm. too like when she does the like way too creepy version of that stuff yeah yeah but again like there's no reason for her not to just stab Adelaide, uh-huh. unless she knows who Adelaide is. There's a whole lot of those occasions that happen where our family survives and and, and other people don't. Yeah. I mean, everybody else is just getting stabbed straight off. Like, yeah. I know. mean, that's, I mean, it's kind of the way of horror, you know, the, there's always a final girl and except in this case, it's the final family. Yeah. Um, the other, I don't remember the white guy's name. Um, I don't know his name either. Has those like Velociraptor screechy sounds that are really yeah, funny. Whereas, um, whereas Winston Duke's doppelganger is more has more like whale sounds. Yeah, and they make those sounds at, at each, each other. other that's how the they way. communicate. Yeah, like earlier on in the film. Mm. Um, I also feel like now is a good time to point out that the white family's yacht is called Biotch. <sighs> yes, <laughs> and the way it's written is something to behold. Yes. Oh, that's also when I wrote my tethered have good dentists line because Elizabeth Moss's teeth, I mean, you know, Lily Peters are as well, Mm. but when Elizabeth Moss does the smiling, her teeth are so perfect. And I'm like, even though she was born below the surface where apparently they don't have obstetricians, so they sure as hell don't have orthodontists. And also they've been eating nothing but raw rabbit. Mm. Your teeth are not going to be in good condition. Well, unless they're eating the bones. (sighs) Even if they're eating the bones, they're not going to look like that. Ridiculous. No, probably not. Anyway, do they have toothbrushes? Do they have toothpaste? We don't know. None of this. Yeah, anyway. there's so so many questions. Yeah, and then we get five on it coming back. Another good Winston Duke line about how he's done with boats. Yeah, that was great. Uh, there's a moment when Jason says, how many of everybody is there going to be? Yeah. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah, again, that Jason has this connection to the tethered that others don't. He also watches – this is – okay. So this is another moment where I think it kind of shows that, like – I think the thing at the end was supposed to be Jason figuring out that his mother is one of the, mm. is the tethered. Yeah. Because in this moment as well, she stabs one of the twins, the one that's still alive, yeah, right? And she yeah. stabs her with the scissors. Yes. And it's very violent. And Jason sees it happen. Yeah. And I think that in that moment, Jason kind of goes, there's something wrong with my mother. Mm. And I don't know why they would play that moment if he's also. Yes. And then we need to see him seeing that because he's clearly a lot more attuned to that world. Like the whole, the way that he can control his doppelganger. I mean, he's clearly just more tapped into all of that. Yeah. Then we get another great moment. I think a lot of the great moments are just Zora and her double because then we've got mm. the car, Zora driving the car and into her double and then the double just running on top of it, which I was like, yeah, well, obviously that's going to happen. Mm. Um, but, and then like stopping suddenly and throwing her into the trees. Yeah. And then like as, as if there weren't, we weren't already being hit over the head with the idea that Lupita was really, uh, Adelaide was really red. Um, she walks off into the woods to, to check that mm. that double is dead and she can't she says something i didn't write it down but she says something like maternal towards the double yeah she's saying shh, shh yeah. she's dying and laughing and trying to stab her yeah yeah um which is quite maternal yes mm. um i don't, i see okay i i just feel like even if they were evil doubles that were trying to kill us i would probably still feel maternal to like a kid that looked exactly like my kid that had been raised in horrible circumstances true true like even if you weren't one of the tethered i just feel like maybe that's something that you know as human beings Mm. we might have some empathy yes yes um like this movie is very much about you know always seeing others as a threat and yeah and having point at me you've got three fingers fingers pointing back at yourself yeah and like you know maybe you're the bad guy which is the adelaide red thing Mm. but like a lot of these people would probably like once you get past the fight or flight, mm. you probably would have some empathy towards the other yeah. person, like the other person's children, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also am interested in the relationship between Adelaide and Gabe, but um, because at the end of the movie, he wants her to kiss him and she won't kiss him, and mm. that's the ambush bit where you like there's a flaming car in the middle of the road. It's an ambush. Yeah, it's always an ambush. But then she also tries to reason with pluto and gets really upset when jason kills pluto mm-hmm. which is upsetting anyway yeah it's pretty it's creepy really upsetting because he's so small and he basically and it, it he walks into the fire and dies horrible i found it hard to see what was happening when the girl when umbre zora's double was in the tree as well yes um, i did too it was very dark it was hard to see what was yeah, going on um it was interesting it was it was well shot and reasonably well good at reasonably good at shooting black people, but they're all very dark skinned, and so sometimes they used that to kind of make it harder to see what was going on. I don't know if that's the case so much in this, but she's like half out of a tree, and I yeah. couldn't see what she was dying from. Or no, anything. she's upside down, and yeah, it was that was what was confusing to, for me. Um, it's also the moment when we got the true jump scare of the night, which is when a teenage boy decided to go out of the cinema and like race across in front of us all crouched all like hunched over oh my god yes this is that's the next line i've got in my in my notes i'm just like some kid just ran in front of us to go to the bathroom oh my god it was the biggest jump scare of the night and then he comes back later and crouched over the whole yeah and the whole sort of middle row where we were was like my god the people behind us this is really enhanced our experience of the movie (laughs) 
<laughs> the, the 3D real life experience. Oh God, yeah. Um, that's the point at which I wrote. Our, so when they did the, uh, oh, I guess it's Jason killing himself. Where I wrote, "We are our own worst enemies." Yeah, and then um, Lupita somehow and then knows exactly where to go to get him, get him back. Yeah, yeah. Good, yes, because Red runs off with um with Jason, yeah, or, which I've written Jason and his real mum, and then I noticed Lupita's sandals, uh, Adelaide's sandals. Well, but she's not his real mum anyway. She's still Pluto's oh, yeah, real she's, mum. She gave, right. She gave birth. Yeah, it's yeah. It's just that you know. They swapped places. Um, they did. And she hits the owl. Yes. And there's a bit where she's like, as she's going down on the escalator, she like rolls her shoulders and mm. all this stuff that's like yeah, I'm really getting, getting ready. But yeah, getting. it's really focused on. Yeah. She's still got the poker from the their house, from their fireplace mm. at this point. Yeah. And that's what she hits the owl in the house of mirrors with. But yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean, she's always sort of shot from behind. You often see her kind of stealing herself and, and that scene is that whole escalator scene is really great. I'm assuming she's also always shot from behind to remind us that the first time we saw her, Which it was from behind. Yeah, <laughs> she is. Um, there's also that picture that Jason drew of himself. That's from behind where it's himself looking at mm. Jeremiah 11, 11 guy. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I wrote the note. How does she know where to go? Out of sarcasm, really. <laughs> oh, I, I wrote very cabin in the woods, that kind of the descending down into the science experiment area. Yeah. <laughs> the line about fucked up performance art from Winston Duke also made me laugh. Mm. Yeah, there's a really good shot there where he and Zora are at the ambulance mm. and he Zora's looking around the corner of the ambulance and his baseball bat slides out before he does. Yeah. It's really creepy. <laughs> you just yeah. see the baseball bat coming around and then you see his face. Um, he still has the baseball bat that he picked up when he went out of the house the first yeah. time. And and uh, a lot of stuff about how we take our lives for granted. Yeah, There's that shot of the two Adelaides. Yeah, the um, there's a split diopter shot where one of them, where Red is up the front, um, looking at uh, making paper dolls, of course, yeah. and Adelaide's further down the back. Yeah, no, beautiful shot, quite long, and again, um, and Red has quite a bit of a speech there. Yeah, kind of the reverse of what happened on the surface. Yeah, although she's still the one giving speeches. Um, yep. but then um, when oh, she also says um. Like she talks about how they were different. She says us very kind of yeah. purposefully. Us. Uh, yeah, but that that's the bit. So then we see the flashbacks to the underground, right? Mm. Um, and we get pretty much every, all but confirmation that this is that they swapped. Yeah. And you see the guy holding up the Thriller t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where do they get the clothes that are identical? It's not like they had time to plan this stuff. They didn't know it was all going to be there. Yeah. It's not like the guy made a Thriller t-shirt. And people have lots of clothes and they wear different clothes every day in different combinations. Yeah. I, I don't understand where they're getting all this stuff from. Yeah, um, the cloning thing kind of – there's all these questions. And as you pointed out before, like um, Red is like, oh, well, and he needed to be cut from your body and I, I had to do it myself. Like I had to perform my own C-section when I had your second baby or we had our second baby. But like if everyone has a double who's down there, wouldn't the obstetrician who is cutting open Adelaide on the surface also be down below as a tethered? But it seems like they can't like actually do things. Yeah, they can't imitate as closely, right? Yeah. But then also you'd have a lot of people dying. Uh, Constantly. You'd have all these doubles dying. Constantly because, yeah, because they would get an infection that they couldn't fix or have a a birth go wrong like that. Or bleed out. Yeah. Like if there's nobody who can do the stitches. Yeah, exactly. um, Are they stitching themselves up afterwards? Then they're doing something different to what the surface world people are doing. How does it all work? It doesn't – it all really starts to fall apart 
Yeah. When you start asking questions like that. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and then what resources do you have? Like you were talking before about like they, they have to eat rabbits. So like, do they have access to water? Do they have like, you know, and then even at a more basic level in terms of thinking about bleeding, like do they have menstrual products or toilet paper or toilets or any of that kind of stuff? Yeah, all any anything, I mean, any resources, all the resources stuff. Like, and the, the, so because we see them, they don't have to do exactly the same thing. Cl- mm. Clearly, like we see the people on the roller coaster and Just they're standing. Sitting. Yeah, um, but then like maneuvering around the space would be difficult. Mm. They'd probably walk into people who would yeah. stop them from doing things. They'd probably end up in different places. Um, how how did Red? get up to the surface world when, when the escalator was going goes down. down like how did they it, she says god did it which i suppose is the explanation for but the yeah, magic the escalator but, only goes down so you can go up a down escalator it's hard it's like being on a treadmill and it's hard work but you can do it or she could have climbed somehow but it's clearly a very difficult thing to do to get back up yeah so she went up also, then everybody else got up at some point, yeah, right, to do the well, attack. But that was because Adelaide, uh, so Red had organised them though, because she's, she's she the one who brought was... in red overalls and she brought in the scissors and all that kind of thing. But she also says she was trapped down there for all that time. Mm. She clearly wasn't trapped if she knew how to get out, or she was, and she didn't bring that... scissors down, and she or she spent all that time trying to figure out how to get untrapped, and yeah, and, and then she found figured out how to make scissors and also red overalls. <laughs> Like it just doesn't make any sense. No, once you once you poke at that kind of stuff, you're just like, ah, but that doesn't work. Yeah, and then we get the real animalistic red coming out in surface, like in um our Adelaide. Adelaide, Yeah, um, when she kills her other self, she just goes feral, and you're like, oh, yep. Um, and then they bother to to actually show us the twist at the very end of the film, and you're like. At this point, it's a given, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and she does the creepy smile at Jason, and we end the movie with the, yep. you know, and we see the, we see the, the big the, line of people. The and untethering then, has worked. My last line is who's piloting the choppers? There's a couple of helicopters flying over yep. the big line of people. But I, my guess is, like, because for a little while at least, I mean, there are still people who have survived who haven't been killed by yep. their tether. So I assume it's one of the um, surface people, just like them. Who's piloting the choppers? Or trying, yeah, and or you know, a group of surface people have gone up into choppers to try and escape everything. Yeah, yeah, it's all of these things are entirely possible. <laughs> yeah, that was my assumption as well. Mm. But yeah, so we get to the end of the movie now. Yeah, so the thing is, it's so good, it's so well put together, mm. it looks so great. The performances are fantastic. Lupita, especially as oh. both Red and Adelaide, is so yeah, good. yeah. Give her an Oscar. Yeah, Give she can do so many things. Yes, yeah. they really screwed up this year by not uh, nominating Tony Collette for Hereditary. They better not do the same thing next year with this. Um, uh, if nobody else, the cinematographer freaking deserves a nomination. It's so well shot. Well, I thought that for other things, Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, cinematog- but- the, the cinematography thing is um, Mike Juliakis is a cinematographer and he, like, he, he should be up. The composer, Michael Abels, that oh, score, score was great. was so good. Like, we talked about a couple of soundtrack songs, which were, yes, very well used, but the score was amazingly done. Mm, it's beautiful. It's it's so creepy and so good. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, and whole- it's original too. Like, it, it, it's got – you kind of get a feel of maybe a bit of Bernard Herrmann or that kind of stuff, but it is – it's completely original to this film. Like, you hear it and you go, oh, us. Yeah. It's that uh, – it's the, what you hear in the trailer. Mm. 
like that um the you got they got five on it like it's all based on the creepy whatever the song they sampled for that was yeah but yeah it's really cool and weird and scary and i liked that a lot Mm. i just don't understand how the tethered work no it just doesn't make any sense it doesn't like they don't work and you don't have magic to explain it they were science like it was science that cloned them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can't just say, "Oh, the they rest magically of it- have the clothes, or they magically have or survive anything." Yeah. So, well, they don't survive anything. They get no. killed pretty easily, just like yeah. people do. Yet they didn't. None of them died down below from bleeding out or not being able to give birth properly or any of that kind of stuff. And okay, so this didn't happen in this generation, right? Like, no, no. Uh, Adelaide had to give birth to her own. Clones. Now, obviously, there was some sort of switching of tethering there yep. because she had to then do all the things, yep. right? Like, she was forced to go through all of that, which means that at some point, like, so the, the, how the tethering works yeah. is also confusing. Well, yeah, and, and I mean, Adelaide is a very small child in, in 1986 when she um, is swapped. Oh, yeah, she's also clearly playing older. Yeah. Is she? I don't know. I, that she kid looks like because, five. Um, because Lupin and Younger was born the same year as me, and she's not five. She's, she's gonna be at least like five seven, to right? me. <laughs> I don't know how old kids look. Um, right, right, okay. She um, and even then she would have been three. Lupita was born in the same year as me, so she would have been three in eighty six. Yeah, and she's not three. Yeah, okay, no, she's, she's bigger least, than that. Yeah, I would say I'm I'm guessing seven. Yeah, no, um, that, well, that would make sense, and also uh, make it a little bit more likely that she's a parent of a teenager in twenty nineteen. Yes, yeah. yeah. Yes, they're playing. Um, they're clearly both playing older. Her and Winston Duke, and also Elizabeth Moss, who's born the same year as me, who would have been four in 1986. So literally, everybody's playing older. Yeah, except um Elizabeth Moss's husband guy, Tim Heidecker, who's okay, um in his forties. Yeah, Madison Curry. Yeah, she doesn't have an age in her IMDb. She's too little <laughs> for all of that. I'm just looking up her age. Yeah, on Google, but that doesn't seem to have it either. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. She anyway, doesn't... it doesn't really matter. Like she's a, it's a, she's a pretty small child, but old, clearly old enough to have kind of got a few Earth concepts in her head. So yeah, because she understands things like God and so this is her and she can talk. That's it, she's not a five year old. Yeah. Okay. I, I'll take your word for it. I genuinely have no idea how old kids are. Mm. It's hard for me to tell. Yeah. It's nice to see so many like really dark skinned people as the leads in the movies. Yeah. Um, I am very happy always to watch a million things that have Lupita and Yongo in them. I love her. Yeah. No, I, it's just, this is the thing. Like some of the things are really silly and you can't figure out how they work, but also there are some really fun things to dig into. And this is a really good experience of watching. Um, it's a well-made horror movie that is actually watchable. Like it's not like so scary. You'll run vomiting from the cinema, but it's scary enough to watch. Yeah, no, I, I believe that was something that actually did happen to people when they watched Hereditary. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I mean. Yeah, it's, so are we going to do a rating now? Yeah, do you yeah, have yeah, anything sure. else you want to say? No, I'm giving it four stars. I'm also giving it four stars. Oh, well, is it, yeah, unless there's anything else you want to say, I might wrap up now. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like show notes or old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. And if you want to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.